Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday to you all. It's so exciting that you've decided to join us for our daily devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. And today, um, I'm, if you haven't met me yet, I'm Dan. I'm a teaching pastor here. And we're going to continue this journey together through the New Testament over the course of an, of an entire year. And as you know, if you've been following along with us, we've gone through the Gospels, we've gone through Acts, and we're taking this long, thoroughgoing journey throughout the all of, all of the the Pauline epistles as we've gone through Romans and first and second Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And if you're following along with the reading plan, you know that today, Thursday, we're going to be jumping into first Thessalonians. So we're going to offer a brief introduction about first Thessalonians and then go through, uh, chapter one, uh, which is a very short chapter, uh, merely 10 verses long. So I think we can handle something like that today. But let's make actually a few observations about 1 Thessalonians, what kind of a book it is, uh, some interesting features, some things to point out along the way that's going to help us be able to be able to hear well what, what Paul is wanting to write to this church in Thessalonica, which uh, is a very large, uh, important city in Macedonia. And uh, estimations of the population at this time could be anywhere from between 100,000 to 200,000. It's a pretty big city. And uh, another interesting feature about 1 Thessalonians, which is a little odd because up to this point, we've been uh, had our heads into Paul's letters, writing to the churches that where, as he's doing missionary work throughout the ancient world and planting churches and sharing the gospel and leading people to Jesus and to having a living faith and trust in the living God and abiding relationship and fellowship with him, that as he's doing all this, uh, he's still writing to the churches either that he's planted or somebody else has planted, not just that they would respond in, in living faith, but that their, their, the quality of their faith would become stronger it would, and it would be uh, more fruitful um, and it would be nourishing to them and to everyone else around them. And as that was part of the goal for Paul writing these, these epistles, uh, it's important that we remember that, that they serve the same purpose for us today, to be able to nourish our faith so that it becomes stronger, it becomes more, more robust, uh, it becomes the, the type of faith that can withstand trials and persecutions, uh, and it's the sort of faith that actually produces fruit. And so that's an, an important thing, and indeed uh, a strong theme throughout such a short book like First Thessalonians. And uh, another interesting feature about 1 Thessalonians is that uh, this happens to be uh, what is, could arguably be said, that 1 Thessalonians is the earliest of the extant writings we have of the Apostle Paul. So, of all the letters that uh, bear Paul's name, First and uh, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Uh, of all of those, uh, there's a there's a good argument to be made that First Thessalonians is the first of that entire Pauline corpus, and so this represents uh, a, a, a historical situation that uh, that corresponds. Uh, in a rough and ready way to what you would read in Acts chapters 17 and 18. It's most likely that Paul is writing somewhere around 50 AD and probably writing from Corinth. And 
the, the circumstances surrounding the reason for Paul to write is actually, I think, very important, very relevant for us today. And let me try and explain what I mean. As we read in Acts chapter 17, when uh, Paul is uh, going on missionary journeys, wherever it is that the Lord opens a door for him to go and he proclaims the gospel uh, and people receive it and he's planting churches um, throughout the known world. But even as he's planting churches, oftentimes uh, throughout that ministry, that ministry is not just merely met with um, indifference or resistance, but outright hostility and persecution, where for the sake of not just merely preserving his life, but for the sake of of taking the gospel wherever it is the Lord takes him, Paul is, has to move sometimes very quickly from one place to another, and he never really actually knows how long it is he's going to spend in any particular place. What, what we read in, in Acts, when for the time that Paul is spending in Thessalonica, that uh, he is forced to leave rather quickly because of the dangers of persecution, where he has become the target of, of persecutors. And so Paul knows that with this sudden and rapid flight right out of Thessalonica into Berea, he knows what this looks like. It looks as though uh, Paul is running from danger and um, basically leaving this new church to the wolves. Uh, that it looks like that, um, that Paul is flighty, that he's fickle, and that he's abandoned this church that, um, that he's planted, who have received the, the message of God's word, uh, and that, um, that at the first uh, sight of danger, uh, Paul leaves the Thessalonian church out to dry, uh, abandoning them to the wolves, as it were. And Paul, then at this point, through the first few chapters, does a good deal to be able to de defend his reputation and also to, to defend his motives uh, for the reasons why it is that he had to leave and leave so suddenly, much earlier than what he wanted to. Uh, but that if Paul has suddenly uh, disappeared without a trace and without any explanation as to why, why it is that he's left, he knows that the Thessalonians, for being such young Christians, are at danger of giving up on the faith entirely because of their disappointments with Paul. And why something like that is so incredibly important is that the, there, there's a, a real danger, not just merely for young Christians, but for Christians of all seasons, who, uh, who give up on, on following Jesus and having a, a living faith in God uh, on account of their disappointment with somebody who they trusted. Uh, whether that was a pastor or a particular teacher who um, they expected something more out of them and that they were disappointed and because of their disappointment uh, had, had walked away from the faith entirely. And First Thessalonians is the sort of book that's so instructive because what Paul knows is that he doesn't want the seat of their faith to be resting upon Paul. He wants the seat of their faith to be resting upon the message 
that they're receiving. So that the sort of thing that sustains them through persecution and trial and confusion and disappointment is not um, based on Paul the person, but rather Paul the proclaimer of the gospel. That they're, the, the thing that holds them secure throughout their, their trials and tribulations is not Paul, because Paul knows that, um, that, that he's, he's merely a carrier of the message. Uh, this whole message isn't about him in that as a person, he's still going to be disappointing them. Uh, but rather, he wants them, the, the thing that makes them secure is not uh, a fickle person like Paul, um, who's not, he doesn't call himself fickle uh, by any stretch, but that he he wants the, the strength of their faith uh, to be rested principally upon uh, the message of the gospel. And if the message of the gospel is true, it's the sort of message that, that can withstand trial and that can sustain them even through the darkest times of their lives. And so uh, with this in mind, let's read through uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and uh, hear how it is that when, when Paul has left, but he sent Timothy back to to Thessalonica to try and find out how the church is doing um, and that Timothy brings them back this uh, encouraging report that the church is doing well and uh, and hear about Paul's response to how it is that he has this almost like like he's he's breathing this huge sigh of relief that uh, that the, the the church in Thessalonica is actually faring much better than I think that than than Paul feared uh, would happen if he had suddenly left, or which he did suddenly leave, but that's another matter. Uh, so First Thessalonians chapter one, and it says this: Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I think verse 3 bears repeating the way that which there's three um, qualities to the Thessalonian church that it's not just merely the qualities themselves, but the source of those qualities, which is a faith, or excuse me, work that's prompted by faith, labor that's prompted by love, and endurance that's uh, prompted by uh, hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. 
In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now, as the, the epistle rolls on, we're going to hear more about uh, Paul and his defense of his integrity, but then also uh, moving into ethics about what and that how Paul encourages them to uh, not just feed their faith, but to grow in their faith um, as evidence through their actions. But uh, with this in mind, uh, we encourage you to continue reading through uh, 1 Thessalonians, continue following along with the reading plan. And uh, with this, uh, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't, I encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel or even check out our podcasts and continue to uh, follow along and support uh, our church planning ministry here in Whitley County and Huntington County. And I pray God would bless you and keep you and that uh, we would continue to um, be a part of what God is doing in growing mature disciples at Redeeming Life Fellowship. So God bless you. Take care and I'll see you next time.